Hello and welcome back to the Dante in a Year podcast. My name is Danny Fitzpatrick. Today we're continuing our journey with Dante's Purgatorio, Canto 17. Remember, reader, if ever in the Alps cloud coiled about you so that your scene was none other than as a mole's through the skin, how when the humid swell of vapors began to be dispelled, the sphere of the sun impinged upon them dimly. And let your imagination lightly arrive at how I came to see the sun again, though now it was far along in its course. So, leveling mine with my master's faithful step, I issued from such a cloud to raise already dead on the shores below. O oh, imagined things that thus rob us so often of what's without, that a man might not notice a thousand horns sounding all around. Who moves you, if sense bears nothing to you? A light that's formed in heaven moves you of itself, or of the will that sees below. A trace appeared in my imagination of her impiety who changed shape into the bird that most delights in singing. And here my mind was so restricted within itself that nothing came from without that could be received within. Then reigned within my high fantasy one crucified, disdainful and fierce in his visage. And so about him in his death were the great Ahasuerus, Esther his spouse, and the just Mordecai, who was so upright in speech and action. And as the image ruptured itself upon itself, in the fashion of a bubble that leaves the water that formed it, there surged into the vision a little girl, weeping hard, and she said, O queen, why have you willed in anger to be no more? You've killed yourself in order not to lose Lavinia. Now you've lost me. I remain to mourn for you, mother, before another's ruin. As sleep is shattered when new light is thrown from above to strike closed eyes and, fractured, flickers before it fully dies, so the images fell from me as soon as that light struck my face, brighter still than that to which we're used. I turned myself to see where I was when a voice said, This is where one mounts, which removed every other intention. And it made me wish so eagerly to see who it was that had spoken, a wish that can never rest unless fulfilled. But as when the sun weighs upon our sight and veils its figure in its excess, so my strength was lacking there. This is a divine spirit that directs us to the upward way without prayer and with the same light conceals itself. So he does with us as man does for himself, since the one who awaits prayer and sees the want sets his mind malignantly on denial. Now we should assent to such an invitation with feet proceeding before dark falls, for then it won't be possible if day should not return. So spoke my leader, and together we turned our steps to a stair, and as soon as I was on the first step, I sensed something near me like a motion of a wing. And it fanned my face and said, Beati pacifici, who are without evil ire. Now over us those ultimate rays, the night follows had so lifted that the stars shone more on either hand. Oh, my strength, why are you drawn off? I said within myself, for I sensed the power had drained from my legs. We were where the stair ascended no more, and we fixed ourselves in place, just as a ship that reaches the shore. 
and I waited a bit that I might hear something of the new circle. Then I turned myself to my master, and I said, My sweet father, tell me, what offense is purged in the gyre where we stand? Though our feet should stay, don't stay your speech. And he to me, the love of good, short of what it owes, is here restored. Here the oar slowed with evil beats the sea anew. But that your understanding might be opened yet more, turn your mind to me, and you will pick at least one good fruit of our delay. He commenced again. Neither creator nor creature was ever my son without love, whether natural or of the soul, and you know this. The natural is ever without error, but the other may err by evil object, or through too much or too little vigor. While it is directed to the first good, and measures itself thereby in respect to the others, it cannot be the cause of ill delight. But when it tends to evil, or courses toward the good with greater care or less than it ought, then the one made labors against the maker. So you can comprehend that love should be the seed of every virtue in you, and of every act that merits penalty. Now, as love may never turn its sight from the health of its subject, such are safe from self-hatred. And since none can understand itself to be divided, existing through itself, each effect is cut off from hating its first cause. It remains, if I assess these divisions well, that the evil that's loved is a neighbor's, and that love is born in three ways in your clay. There's one who hopes that excellence in his neighbor should be suppressed, and for this alone hungers that in his grandeur he might be brought low. There's one who fears the loss of power, grace, honor, and fame if others should surpass him, at which he's so saddened that he loves the contrary. And there's one who seems to himself injured, so that he wants to glut himself of vengeance, and thus he must prepare some evil for others. This triform love brings tears to those below. Now I wish that you'd attend to another, which rushes to the good with thoughts corrupted. Each confusedly apprehends a good in which the soul rests and which it desires, so that each contends to be one with it. If lingering love draws you on to per pursue or to acquire it, this cornice, after just repentance, martyrs you in it. There is another good that doesn't make men happy. It is not felicity, nor is it the essential good, the root of every good and its fruit. The love that abandons itself to that too much is wept through three circles there above us. But the reason, therefore, is divided into three. I'm silent that you may seek it for yourself. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Dante in a Year podcast. See you next time for Dante's Purgatorio, Canto 18.